Welcome to the TriStar Athletes Podcast. So Julian Summers is uh, on the line here. We're talking to him about his uh, epic weekend ahead. Uh, from, he is our TriStar athlete who is uh, attempting to do what no one has done before, and that is uh, race uh, uh, an Ironman and then get in the car and jump in and, and go do another. So you're, how are you feeling heading into the weekend uh, to uh, Ironman Maryland and then subsequently Chattanooga? And where the heck are you right now? <coughs> Hello, guys. Hello, everybody. Um, yeah, so we, uh, me and Jason, uh, we were in Maryland yesterday. We drove to Maryland in the morning from New York, registered in Maryland, um, Ironman on Wednesday, and then we drove all day to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Took us about 12 hours of some stuff and some rain and some traffic, and uh, we are, I'm currently sitting in the hotel getting ready to go and check in Ironman Chattanooga so that we can get out and then drop our bags and bike, and then we're going to turn around probably around 1 o'clock and head back to Maryland another 12 hours back. That's insane. And does your coach know you're doing this? Um, I'm trying to hide it from the coach, but I think he got wind of it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is definitely a, a, it's a weekend that uh, Julian has uh, come up with that I think is pretty special. It is definitely out and off the reservation, but we, we think that uh, it can be done. And I think that is pro- probably, in my mind, the morbid curiosity of how we get it done. And it's going to be amazing to see if you pull it off. Uh, it would be incredible. So logistically speaking, we know it's a nightmare. you got to get down to both races, register, get in. And then somehow, uh, you know, walk me through what's going to happen. You've got your race plan. You and I went over it. We've got uh, time goals in mind. And then you've got to hustle, right? You've got to get in the car uh, and then somehow get some recovery and sleep and then uh, roll up to Chattanooga and do a race. So um, what do you think are the, like, the, probably the ouch points in getting this thing done? So the big, cha- the, the big challenge outside of the physical challenge of the of the doing the two events, which is <clears throat> everyone knows that what that takes, <clears throat> um, is basically trying to get trying to get the first race done. For me, is if it's not a PR, it's going to have to be pretty close to a PR. So probably around thirteen forty-five. Fourteen hours is I thought fourteen hours before yesterday's drive would give me an hour's buffer. That clearly is not the case. Because we, I drove, I drove the route yesterday. There's a lot of t- only two-lane roads, and there's some construction, and there's, there's rain and hills, and lots of trucks on that road. <clears throat> so basically, getting to the start line of Chattanooga on its own is going to be mammoth task to be there on time. Assuming we get, um, I'm going to be set up basically that my driver is going to be able to drop me off 0.2 miles from the swim start, so I'll have my wetsuit goggles and everything my bike will be racked i'll just basically try and get into the swim as one of the last swimmers i think one of the last swimmers is going to be around 8 15 which is going to give me if, if i get in at 14 hours it'll give me 10 minutes buffer so it's going to be close just to get you outside of that um <laughs> i uh i'm treating tomorrow's race or tomorrow's race saturday's race more as a time of day race rather than a a, a PR race, meaning I'm going to get in with the first swimmers, which is not where I'm supposed to be, but 
because I get over the first swimmers, I figure again at 6:45 or 6:50, um, and I just move over to the right, try and draft a little bit on on side on the swimming, and then just try and join in. That will give me an extra 10 minutes, and then so I'm trying to save a lot of time with T1. T1, I'm gonna I've got a plan to basically just get in and out if I can, and then uh, the challenges is gonna be to not go too hard too early and listen to your plan and but but then at the same time realize i got to be in by 14 and then i got to make sure i can rendezvous with juan because juan is driving me um the the van is going to be about half a mile to a mile away so i'm still going to finish and then i've still got another probably a mile to get to the van and get out of there and on the road and hopefully (laughs) the rest i don't know i don't know if i'll be able to even get out of bed but well, I tell I tell you what, you know, after having planned this uh, this weekend with you and, and and looking at the courses and seeing if it's even all possible, I do think that uh, you should head up UPS Logistics if you get it right. So um. yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, we've definitely thought of we've definitely thought um, of like yeah, something this hard. You have to sort of go okay. What are all the failure points? And then you've got to back, go back from there. You can't go thinking, well, I'm definitely going to do this. You're like, okay, what are all the things that can go wrong and can we overcome those? And if we can, then can we do it? And I, I think the answer is yes. But there's a lot of, uh, that, that, that road is, driving on that road is, um, yeah, it's hard to explain. It's, uh, yeah. I was doing 85 one minute and then I was doing 45 the next. It's, it's very up and down. It, yeah, well, it's definitely going to be one of your biggest challenges, if not uh, one that you've had for you have many challenges uh, for this year, right? And so, this yeah. is all part of right trying to uh, put together enough races to get into the legacy program for Kona, which right now you are highly fast tracking, which is pretty impressive. Uh, and uh, and you and I have been doing the math, or at least we've been slowly trying to figure out how how many. How many more races is it going to take you before you and I share the same number of Ironman racing minutes? I think, I think after two more races, you're going to be at least match mine. So I did 19 Ironman races in my career, and uh, you're going to be pretty tight up there in uh, terms of total racing miles. It's uh, it's pretty amazing to see what you've accomplished, Julian, and uh, it, we're excited to see you do this weekend. If you pull it off, it'll be pro- probably one of the top things that I've ever seen happen in, in sport. So, I mean, I'm, I'm wishing you a great race and uh, uh, a couple other thoughts and questions for you. Uh, do you think that this will be the hardest thing that you've done this year? I know Placid was a big, tough event for you as well, um, getting ready for that one. Uh, but this one seems like it's kind of special and I think it's a lead into Ultraman uh, for next year at Ultraman Florida. Um. <clears throat> At the moment, it seems like certainly going to be the hardest thing I've ever done um, physically, Ironman-wise. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'll tell you Sunday night. <clears throat> Obviously, the odds are, even if we make the drive, and even if I have a fantastic day on Saturday, um, it doesn't mean, as as you know, and anyone who knows Ironman knows, it doesn't mean that I won't have some kind of a, you know, <clears throat> an injury that is not a fatigue injury related, like a, you know. Like, like in class that I had a really bad Achilles tendon afterwards. There's no physical way I could have even ridden a bike for for an hour. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I hope we've got to get through that stuff. Um, yes, it's, I think it's good training for Ultraman regardless of the outcome because it's it's going to be hard to wake up. It's going to be hard to probably going to be hard to sleep. Mm-hmm. So, 
training, doing a race on fatigue is obviously it's it's <clears throat> for me for me I'm I'm trying my best to get it done. I'm happy with the result because it's trying to put a square peg into a round hole and <laughs> and uh, like if someone was telling me the other day, what are you going to feel like at mile eighteen of of the second marathon? I'm like nobody can tell me that. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to that moment of finding out myself. So who the hell knows? And uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but I'm. I'm kind of excited about it. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I'm excited. I can't wait to start. I can't wait to finish. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm excited for you too. And uh, for, for yeah. those who uh, the uninitiated to uh, uh, Julian, he is uh, one of our aw- aw- most awesome and vocal and and happiest folks out there on the course that we we get to uh, have here at Team TriStar Athletes. And uh, you always seem to be like you're having fun out there. What's your secret? Will you share it with everybody? I think someone once told me if you smile, the pain gets easier or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, the truth is, I love being out there because uh, I'm. I'm not. Uh, people say you're with 2,500 of your friends. That's not true. But you are with like-minded people who are doing something that. I mean, you know, I'd say 25% of the field can can easily do an Ironman, and the other 75% of us are, are trying to wing it. So we're all hurting. We're all screaming. We're all. <laughs> Like hanging on for dear life, and I figure if you if you're grumpy about it, it's going to make it even harder. So I try and smile, I try and have fun. That being said, for the Maryland race, um, I'm actually going into one of the time saving things that I realised. Um, I spend I waste a lot of time, and I'm normally on the run because I normally meet a bunch of people and make friends and land up chatting, like helping. Normally, I'm helping someone who's really struggling to get through. And yeah. This time, I've got it. This time, I've got blinkers on. I'm not helping anyone unless there's an emergency. I'm not helping anyone on the bike if they need a flat tire. I'm not stopping unless someone's mm-hmm. like in an in an urgent emergency situation. This is all about me. This right. Yeah. And then Chattanooga well, has to be. I can laugh and smile, but that's basically it. It's just easier to smile and, and be miserable. Yeah, I think that it's a it's a great attitude and it, it comes true and uh, all of our I know all of our team benefits from it so so thanks from the coach uh, for that one, and so lastly any words of wisdom that you want to share with the TriStar team before uh, you head off and we get to watch you do this awesome weekend. Jeez, I don't think anyone's gonna believe anything I say. Um, <laughs> I, I I just listen to the coach. <laughs> if it wasn't for if it wasn't for me listening to the coach, I wouldn't be able to get through these races. That's, I mean, you, you and I both know I've always sit down with you and then my plan, my plan of what I'm going to do, and then you go, no, you're not doing that, we're doing this, and that always works out. So I, I always listen to the coach, and I just have fun. It's not that big a deal. I don't take it that seriously. So if uh, if we race Maryland, get to Chattanooga, and we finish it, then fantastic. If we race Maryland, get to Chattanooga, and don't finish it, fantastic. It, it's it's, it's more, more to life than triathlon, but while we're doing this, we have fun. That's all I can say, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that is that is well said. And, uh, well, thanks for taking the time, uh, Julian, to speak with me. And uh, I'll certainly be tracking you, as will the rest of the team this weekend, and uh, on the Ironman tracker. Uh, they're going to have to create a special tracker for you so that they can track you in between races, because that's a race within itself. <laughs> well, we, yeah, yeah, we're going to have some, uh, we're going to have two, two of the guys that are driving us are going to, like, I don't know, they're going to be tagging us on some part, trying to keep people abreast of where we are, but we will be uh, manned down as soon as the race finishes, within about half an hour, hopefully, and um, we'll have fun, and we'll do we'll do what we can for Trasper, I'll do what I can for Trasper, and we'll have fun, that's all we can do. Yeah. 
Our, well, Julian, thanks so much for taking the time and uh, great. Thank have you. a great race this weekend, and uh, I'll see you uh, see you on the phone and uh, be seeing you out in cyberspace, uh, cheering you out there. Thanks, Coach. We'll speak to you soon. All right, speak to you soon. Okay, bye. Tristar Athletes, I'm here with Julian Summers, fresh off his mammoth weekend of racing Ironman at Ironman Maryland and Ironman Chattanooga. Uh, we're sitting down with him to talk a little bit about how his weekend went and uh, how he's feeling. So, uh, Julian, thanks for joining me. How the heck are you? I'm doing good, thanks. Happy to be having breakfast with my coach. I got over the, the races this last week and then the races coming up. <laughs> awesome. So, for the uninitiated of what happened this weekend, Julian uh, went to Ironman Maryland and then went to uh, finish that race and jumped in the car and skedaddled down to Chattanooga where he uh, attempted a second race down there as well. So, walk us through the, what you were feeling, what you were thinking, how, how the race went down in the start uh, of Maryland. <clears throat> so, it was um, very scary to try and do all this. Uh, obviously, we talked about it before. It was a lot of things were going to happen just to get us to the beginning of each race or the second race especially but Maryland was a good day <clears throat> uh, no issues except for the night before having uh, dinner with uh, the other guys that were doing it I uh, was told that I would be the first in the water in Maryland because Iron Man was had given us specific blue caps and they wanted to somewhat track us for those of you that understand, that's like a, being in a parked car on a freeway with 50 semis driving behind you at double the speed. I'm not the world's fastest swimmer. I always go halfway through the field. So I didn't sleep very well thinking about just that. So jumped in the, But I jumped in the beginning. I was probably the 10th in the water. <clears throat> I immediately moved to the right. I believe the swim was a five or 600 yards longer. So I, whatever. Struggled a bit in the swim, but I paced myself good and uh, came out, had a fast transition as planned, didn't have just, I think I was like six or seven minutes, which is half of what I normally do. And then uh, jumped on the bike and did coach's plan, just kind of. Yeah, from, from when I was tracking and what I could see from, uh, at least from the sidelines, everything looked on, on, on par with what we were expecting. Nothing was out of the ordinary. Nutrition seemed to be okay. And I kind of was uh, happy with what I was seeing for the most part and uh, thinking, okay, here's the start of a very, very long two days. <laughs> and I was tired uh, just sitting at just the watching, computer. Yeah. yeah, so the bike went, uh, the bike was difficult, but I had my nutrition dialed in really well because I normally, I will take a little bit longer. I'm eating, trying to eat some real food and not lollygagging, but I'm just you know, pacing myself out. Well, this time I had to just use liquid. So it worked really well. My salt was good. I felt great and um, just had the wind never seemed to go away. It seemed to always be in my face, no matter which way I went, which was interesting. But came off the bike pretty good. And I think I had like a three or four minute tea Two. Yeah, it was nice and quick. <clears throat> yeah, it was actually about 40 seconds, but it took me about a time to run down to the tent. Uh, I know John was tracking me. He couldn't find me. He thought I was still in the tent, and I was at mile four next. He looked. <laughs> so that was really good. I felt I sprinted down. My legs were solid, and uh, I knew I had to go for the run. So no, no dark spots on the bike, and then you start onto the run, meaning dark spots, meaning like, uh, hey, I was feeling bad about this whole thing, this whole endeavor. But uh, I think, at least from what I could tell, the whole first fall the first Maryland went really really well 
Uh, yeah, so <clears throat> I had no dark spots. I mean, the usual ones where I'm wondering why the hell I'm doing this is always there. And if anyone tells you they're not there, they're lying. <laughs> uh, but I was, it was a little tricky because every race I've done prior to this, the eight races I've done, I've never had to worry about what I'm going to do tomorrow. And even though I was trying to be in present time, I still knew subconsciously I've got to still have something to try and start tomorrow. Um, so I held back a little bit more on the run than I, I could have gone about 20 minutes faster, I think. But I held back knowing that we had an extra hour because the start time was going to be delayed from no swim. So uh, we discussed any chance we had. So I knew I'd come in around 14.30, which I think is what I came so in at. Bang on. Yeah. yeah, so there were points where I, I probably could have, I definitely could have pushed on if it was my first, you know, it was the only race. And I had no issues. Everything went, I didn't have any stomach issues. I mean, I don't normally do, so. So I, so I get the text late uh, on Saturday night that he's in the car and he's en route and, and he's moving along and uh, I'm feeling good about it. And in the back of my mind, all I'm thinking is, is I hope he's got the, the pedal not to the metal and that he's not getting any speeding tickets and that uh, and he's gonna try and get some sleep. So I got some nice photos. Of Julian uh, resting in his, uh, his bedroom of uh, a backseat of a car. And uh, so you, you rock up to Chattanooga and tell us kind of what happens from there. Uh, yeah, so resting in the car, that's an interesting one. There was no resting. We just, we just sat there and talked to one the whole time. I didn't sleep for one second. Um, I ate chocolate candy bars because I couldn't eat anything else for whatever reason. Even though one had a big chicken and turkey, I mean chicken and rice thing for me. It was revolting. I didn't want to try it. And <clears throat> I ended up sitting in the front with him half the way home. I mean half the way to Chattanooga. We rushed there, we got there, we were like 10 minutes to spare, I believe, and uh, jumped out, packed the bags, and ran down to meet the rest of the crew. So, so Chattanooga had no swim this year, unfortunately, but it started off with the bike time trial, right? And uh, you seated yourself there slightly towards the back. So now we're, we're starting the bike, and uh, kind of tell us a little bit about uh, what you were thinking. Um, our game plan was to do a bit of uh, coasting uh, when you were at least up to speed um, to save your energy, save your legs. And uh, you know, Chattanooga is a longer course, so we had to really respectfully uh, pace it well and make sure that uh, you know you still came in within those cutoffs because you had some pretty heavy legs. So you start off the bike, catch us up. How did it go? Okay, so I get on the bike and I'm thinking, oh my god, I can barely even move my feet because <laughs> my legs are a little sore and tired, but. Uh, jumped on the bike it started raining right before we left <clears throat> and uh, the original plan with coach was to do exactly what he said coach take it easy but the, I had no ability to do that because <clears throat> the cutoff it's a longer course by four miles and the, they have a halfway cutoff so instead of normally having like nine hours I only had four hours and it was a much harder course so I kind of threw coach's plan out the window somewhat <laughs> because I knew if I didn't make that first half I wasn't going to make the second half so it was like my race went down to Thank you. My race went down to a, a 62, a 58 mile race, and then I was gonna have another 58 mile race. So what I did is I coasted the first minute and then I just hammered it. <laughs> so we had a pretty unorthodox plan for this one, and that was that we had Julian's Garmin actually counting down the, the uh, estimated time of arrival, because we knew that there was certain time constraints that he had to be within for bike cutoffs, not only at Maryland, but also at Chattanooga, right? We preloaded those bike right. courses on there so that we would know, okay, how much harder do I have to work? How much time do I have? What is my, my speed? So sometimes, you know, in, in coaching, we have to worry about heart rate and power and uh, the metrics that help you pace well. Well, sometimes you have different 
things that we had to worry about and it was more about how are we going to get through two races uh, and make sure that the minimums are met, not only uh, the maximum. So uh, how did that go using that strategy? It was a huge, um, interesting event because my usual heart rate runs around 170 on the bike and I couldn't get it above 150. So I was thinking... Day two. Day two on the Chattanooga bike. I was thinking, why am I pushing so hard at these hills and I'm running 150 heart rate, which is like I'm sleeping. So I was a little, I wasn't I if I was concerned, but I was confused. <laughs> no matter how hard I pushed. <clears throat> um, unfortunately, the bike computer didn't work on day two. The course didn't work. Um, so, <clears throat> but it was fine because I knew my time on my watch, what I had to do. And uh, it so was a really time, great you course. You had time, time hard stop times in your mind where you had to be on what yes. part of the course, right? I knew, I yeah. knew, I knew every 10 miles where I needed to be and, sure. and, and then I had a bit of a problem with my bike on about mile 20. I came to a screeching halt after some guy fell in front of me and had to, I, I couldn't avoid him, I had to stop. So I stopped hard and, and luckily right. didn't fall, but my back brakes locked up and wouldn't release. So I had to go off my bike, push my bike up the hill, just thinking my race is over because I couldn't move. Yeah. And literally within about two minutes, the SAG vehicle came and I waved them down and they did a little adjustment and I was back on the road like a minute later. So it was a miracle over there. Um, and that was it. In, a, in thinking about how to script this entire weekend, you can't plan for everything, but you certainly planned for a heck of a lot and uh, you also needed a lot of good luck on your side. I think you had a bit of everything. So I was pleasantly surprised and to see him come through uh, just within the, the amount of time that we needed for the 116-mile bike ride to start the run. And uh, I said, okay, well, here we go. Let's, let's see, see what's going to happen. So then tell us what happens next. So I came off the bike. I wasn't quite sure I'd make my cutoff time. And there was a friend of mine, Jennifer, there, and I asked her quickly at the finish line, did I make the time? She said, yes, you made it with like 25 minutes or something. So I dumped through my bike at the volunteer and took my bike shoes off and sprinted down the chute to grab my run bag and uh, came to a grinding halt when they said my bag wasn't there. <clears throat> um, long story short, I basically sat in the tent for 25 minutes or so waiting for them to find my bag and clearly it, it wasn't anywhere to be found. Um, they got me a pair of run shoes, <clears throat> third try pair of run shoes that were about two sizes too big I think. And uh, then I stood up and tried it's to walk It's amazing, out. by the way, how many people want to donate their sweaty hokas to you when you're in need of a, of a certain size shoe. <laughs> it's amazing that you're willing to take them. <laughs> so I get some shoes, but it's like 25 to 30 minutes now. I've been sitting down, yeah. and uh, I've never experienced this before, but I was basically, my body was done. But I got up and walked out the first uh, tent, got, my you know, got, my, got started on the race. I knew I still had six and a bit hours, which I figured 6.30 was what I need, but I could make it. And uh, then I got stopped again because I didn't have my bib. <clears throat> Another five minutes later, <laughs> I was allowed to proceed. Um, got up the first hill only to get stopped a second time by more volunteers who were doing their job. Basically, I didn't have a run bib, so I could be cheating. So at this point, I was a little flummoxed and uh, I was hurting bad because I'd stopped. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, with all that stop time, sitting, and your legs getting cold, and uh, really, we had you know only so much time to give really for you on this course we knew that this was going to be tight and so the, the marathon really became right certainly in jeopardy with all that stop time downtime and just not having shoes to do a marathon is kind of a, a basic thing so uh you know i think from a coaching perspective i was uh you know secretly maybe a little bit happy that uh, he didn't get to do the marathon only because 
uh, it preserved his legs and his body for, for the next one, right, which is coming up. And uh, you've got Ironman Louisville here just coming right on the heels of both of these races. So, frankly, he's uh, in fit enough shape, and you're, you're going to be able to, uh, you know, at least take on that adventure because uh, doing two marathons back-to-back -back, uh, certainly uh, is, is not something that uh, – anybody ever can really fully endorse or support, but I think that we, we really thought that this was something that you could get done and we wanted to see it and see what's possible, right? It's no different than saying, hey, uh, an Ironman is kind of crazy on its face value and uh, why not try and uh, do what's possible? And uh, I think the adventure and everything, every road you took to, to get there to do it was pretty special and pretty cool. Yeah, it was uh, totally amazing. Uh, one quick thing is after the second time I got stopped, <clears throat> I proceeded and then I got stopped a third time and at that point I just took off my uh, my timing chip because I was I just was like I, I can't be stopped every you know 10 more times trying to explain to these volunteers that I don't the reason I don't have a bib and so I was like this is not good <clears throat> so I gave it and I just I realized that this was what it was going to be and um, yeah I wanted to present myself for the next race so I it was an amazing weekend I didn't get the second medal but I got more medals coming. That's right. And I think it was a good prep for you for Ultraman, right? I mean, that's been your big, big thing. Ultraman and, and punching a ticket to uh, Legacy for Kona has been a big thing. So these are all things that are still preserved, and this was a great training weekend for that. From a physiological perspective, just to backtrack a little bit, when you do big weekends of training and you do subsequently big volume back-to-back -back days, it's not uncommon to see it be hard to get the heart rate up above zone two. Uh, the body is uh, just fatigued and tired. It's also more fit. It's also more primed for, for exercise and activity. So uh, while it was scary to see a low heart rate, it's yeah. actually a very <laughs> positive thing. <laughs> I was thinking it was a positive thing. I just didn't know why. Yeah. But I will say, <clears throat> coming off the bike uh, in Chattanooga, and sprinting down the chute to get my run bag, I remember thinking to myself, I cannot believe how good I feel right now. I was warmed up, I was ready for that marathon. I even started having thoughts of maybe a, a 545 marathon because I was literally running down the chute to get my bag and I felt fantastic. I was like, I couldn't wait to run. So I was very surprised because I thought I'm gonna be just crawling. And so that was a, that was a confidence booster for Ultraman because now I know that I, uh, with no sleep, no food, I didn't eat anything, no sleep, no food, I could still go and do another 116 mile bike race or ride. So I'm certainly in the right position if I do the correct training going forward for Ultraman. Yeah. Well, congrats on doing the, the double. I'll call it the 1.75. <laughs> yes. And uh, you also got a chance to, to meet uh, Lauren Salko, I think, and Durst, yes. right, uh, out in Maryland. So that was nice to be able to, to connect with those TriStars and race with them. Yes. I and, got uh, hugs from Lauren. Hugs from Lauren. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, did you get a chance to meet Tom Aker when you were out there? I and... did. I met Tom once my race was ended in Chattanooga. Okay. He walked up to me. Oh, nice. And um, said hello to me because he saw me with the, the TriStar kit. So, yes, I got to meet him and his wife. That's great. And I don't know if you got a chance to meet Bob, but Bob was there racing as well. So, congrats to him Bob. as well. But Bob actually had a huge PR for him, himself on that course. This is his second time doing the race, too. So, um, but... Anyway, back to uh, Mr. Julian Summers here. Congratulations. Thank you so well, much. Well done. Uh, anything you want to mention to your TriStar athletes and team? No, not really. I mean, it's just, I had a lot of fun. It was, it was, I think that it was very scary, the idea of just trying to take on uh, two petrified me the whole time. But I think uh, I told Cliff, I, I messaged Cliff the, the other day, a couple of days after, and said uh, he needs to be a little bit scared because I've as dumb as this may sound, even though I'd done eight Ironman races before, 
I never really think of myself as being strong or being, uh, you know, I mean, I know I'm mentally strong, but I realized of the coming of that second bike that I'm darn strong and uh, we can do whatever we want to do. So I just got to follow the coach's plan for Ultraman and I know I'm going to get that done. Well, congrats, Julian. Thanks for talking with us today and uh, good luck with the rest of the season. And uh, we'll all be eagerly anticipating uh, the rest of the races to come. So congrats on you. Thanks, guys.